Where are we gonna get our churros, dude? I'll, I'm ponderizing on the churros right now. <laughs> this is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Transition Noah. triple, Noah. Yeah. Gives to Hall. Hall will head fake it. Step back three. Is this the dagger? Yes! yes. Dallin Hall for three. And Dallin Hall with a game for the ages. Couldn't agree more. Greg Rubel and Mark Duran on the call there as BYU beats West Virginia 86-73. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Let's bring in one of those two men you just heard on that radio call. He is the analyst, Mark Durant, one of our favorites on BYUS. And Mark, welcome back to the show. I'm just glad you made it back from Morgantown. You were able to get out of that just horde of BYU fans that were so excited to meet you. Well, it's it's tough wherever I go. I mean, you guys wouldn't know about that, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty popular. But no, it, it's actually, you know, fans are great wherever we go, as you know. And uh, a great representation. And this picture you're showing was like 45 minutes after the game was over. I mean, it was it was crazy. And they, they come out and the players are great with them and a lot of support. So even in Morgantown, West Virginia, you get a lot of support for Cougar basketball. Shout out to my friend Manti, who went to the game, drove up from D.C. He loved it. He said the crowd was crazy. Which, by the way, it, it sounds like... The uh, West Virginia student section just picks a random opponent player to boo, and it was Dallin Hall every time he catches the ball. That was new. I hadn't seen that one. I love that. That's awesome. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah. Greg and I were going like, what happened? What did Dallin do? Was it in the box? He was born. How, how did he deserve the this enmity from the fans already? And that, 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 that's fun. I tell you, that was also the first uh, – venue where I've had a musket fired within the building. <laughs> oh, that's and... right. At halftime, right? <laughs> Before and at halftime. And I, I just love the Big 12. I mean, these are my these are my people. And, you know, at Texas Tech, you've got 15,000 people shooting guns at you with their fingers. And I don't know. In, in California, you get arrested for that. So I, I think we're in the right, we're in the right place. <laughs> Mark Durant. Brigham Young was right. <laughs> Mark Durant survived and is back with us in the state of Utah after BYU's impressive road win against West Virginia. You can take any number of angles you want when you're discussing what BYU did well here, Mark. Uh, Jerem documented what Foose did so well. I think Dallin Hall has in large part been the MVP of this team. Both of those guys played well. What stood out to you about why BYU was able to win so convincingly? Well, I mean, for me, that game, as I look back on it, you know, 10 or 20 years from now will be the Fusini Traore game. Uh, I just thought he was magnificent, not just because of how well he played, which was ter- terrific, but the fact that, you know, BYU really needed it uh, with Ali Khalifa being sick and not on the trip. Um, I- I'm really impressed with this team in situations, and there's been many where they've needed uh, guys to step up and play with guys injured, whether it's uh, – Spencer Johnson with Iowa State or Husini here. Uh, I mean, it's it's really Im- impressive what they what the guys have rallied and stepped up, and the guys that have had to play really well have played really well. And Foose was just 
remarkable. And not only was he really good, but he was doing it against one of the best centers around in Edwards. And he's so long and big and talented. And for Foose to do that against him was pretty remarkable. And then, of course, Dallin was terrific. But everybody kind of stepped up and made a big shot. Richie Saunders was great with that bank shot and, and made some big plays. And Jackson hit a couple threes late. And you have to have guys step up and make big shots in order to win on the road. And and they did it. They found a way to do it. It was it was super fun to watch. This team continues to grow before our eyes. They're getting tougher. They're getting stronger. They're getting better in, in a lot of areas. And it's with significant uh, injuries and illnesses. Like Noel Waterman wasn't himself, right? Played, tried to get through it, but didn't contribute in terms of points and rebounds like he normally does. Yet BYU overcame. How is this team growing, and where are you seeing it the most so far? Yeah, I agree with that, Jeremiah. That's one of the things that I like most about this team is that they seem to be getting better and learning as they go through the Big 12. And it's a learning process, right? I mean, that level of competition in those environments, you have to almost learn how to win. Uh, and they, you know, obviously had some struggles on the road at Baylor, Texas Tech. But one thing I really like is in every game, they've come out and started well. And for me, that's the real challenge, especially on the road, is to come out and start well. Uh, they've had their troubles finishing at times, but they seem to be figuring that out as well. Uh, at home, Texas made a run at them, and they answered. And here uh, at West Virginia, they certainly made a big run, and it was nerve-wracking, but they answered it. And so uh, I think they're learning the what it takes and the extra level of effort and that guys have to step up and make big plays and keep your calm in tough situations. Um, and I think they're learning that. So I think they are making progress, which gives me a lot of hope uh, for future games, whether home or on the road, because you have to get better because teams are getting better. <clears throat> West Virginia is a team that was getting better. They were healthy. They were playing well. And so you have to get better. And BYU was able to match everything that West Virginia threw at them, and they got to win. That, that's really impressive to do. Mark Duran is on BYU Sports Nation. Mark, to me, if BYU basketball were a car, and I love cars, I'm a car guy, Dallin Hall feels like the engine that makes everything go. There are a lot of important parts in a car, but to me, on offense and defense, just with his ability to get guys in the right place and consistently make the right play and the right read, he is so integral. How would you define what Dallin Hall means to this BYU men's basketball team right now? Uh, I love Dallin Hall. I mean – it's pretty remarkable what he's doing, and he takes a beating. I mean, if you just want to watch him one game and just see what he he does, and teams really are physical with him. He's got to bring the ball up against pressure often. He's playing 35, 36 minutes. And to have a kid that is mentally tough to do that and also has the physical characteristics, big, strong, strong kid, and and he, he just really is impressive. Now, you know, he'll he'll go a little bit where you think, well, he's not doing much scoring-wise, let's say. But if you look at the stat sheet, then he's got six assists or four rebounds. I mean, he's always helping the team, even when he's not scoring. And he's also a guy, like in that West Virginia game and in other games, he, he, I think he plays his best late and has the ability to create his own shot late when it's very difficult to do that. He's, he has the ability to draw contact and get to the free throw line. 
Um, but yeah, he's a, obviously a terrific passer with those assists the other night and uh, makes everybody better. And, and the other thing he's able to do off the dribble is get in the paint with the ball and not necessarily shoot it there, but get in the paint with the ball and that collapses the defense. And a lot of his assists come when he's underneath the basket, kicking it to a three point shooter. And uh, so he's, he's really important to this team. His offensive numbers won't scream at you. His assist numbers are pretty darn good. And then just one turnover in that game against West Virginia. It's just remarkable the punishment he takes and the pressure he faces and to only have one turnover with double-digit assists is, is terrific. And he's a sophomore. It's not like he's this uh, super veteran guy, right? He's becoming that as yeah. BYU's first point guard in the Big 12, and we'll always remember him for that. But he could be a three-and-a-half-year starter here and an all-timer at BYU. We shall see. Okay, 10 games left for BYU in the Big 12, looking big picture. Certainly favorable in that you don't play Houston again. You're not going to play Texas Tech again. You're playing Kansas once total. You're playing, uh, you know, Iowa State and, and TCU. But you have some winnable games uh, here in the final 10. What, what's BYU capable of in uh, the final stretch here? Well, it's so hard to predict uh, in this league. I mean, it certainly does – uh, bode well for BYU. They, they kind of got their tough part of the schedule early, and now it seems more manageable. But uh, as we know, I mean, ask Kansas, who went to West Virginia and UCF and lost those games. Or, uh, I mean, ask Oklahoma, who had Texas at home and got drilled by Texas. I mean, it, it, every every game, every, every game night, I just look at the scores and I'm like, wow, that, that surprises me. But with that said, I think it, it actually it looks good for BYU if they can get healthier and continue to play well. Uh, I think you're looking at a plus 500 conference season, and then then you're looking at uh, a nice seed in the NCAA tournament if you can do that. And my my fondest dream, I, I go to bed at night, boys, and I dream about just having BYU as a four or five seed in Salt Lake City. <laughs> yes. and, 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 and I mean, th that would just be so great. And I, I think could be a great springboard for some cool things. I'm putting the cart ahead of the horse a little bit, but that's what you have to do. I mean, that's what you're working for. Uh, you certainly don't want to finish at the bottom of the conference and be fighting. And BYU's put themselves in a great spot right here. They've kind of they're getting better. They've performed well. They've got two road wins, which is amazing. I would have liked to have gotten either Cincinnati or Houston at home. Would have been nice. Uh, but they're, they're, they're just right where they need to be. Keep playing well. Get healthy. And uh, I think some really great things await. BYU currently seventh in the Big 12 standings. And it's a log jam, really, from one to about 12. Just wait till next year. But they have an opportunity to go above 500 for the first time in Big 12 play if they can win a tough game at Oklahoma in Norman tomorrow. So, Mark, what type of BYU team do you expect to show up on Tuesday after a, a tough road trip? I mean, BYU's got to come home a long way. They don't have much time to prepare. Well, they actually went straight to Norman just to avoid that. So, like, what do you expect from BYU when they show up tomorrow against a Sooners team that's reeling a bit and is going to be certainly motivated? Yeah, I mean, for me, a two-game road sweep, if you get one, then the second one is gravy. Uh, and so I, I hope there's a little less pressure. Uh, but Oklahoma's been very good at times and, and have had some stinkers. Um, so 
I, I think BYU will certainly have to take care of the basketball like they did against West Virginia uh, and and probably shoot the three a little bit better than they did against West Virginia. Oklahoma's just a better team. Um, but I think they're confident. I think they're playing well. They're learning. Uh, and and hopefully they can go in because that, that I mean if you could get three road wins at this point in the conference season you you've really done something and so that's ex- an exciting process uh, prospect but uh, we'll, we'll see obviously Oklahoma is very good and playing there uh, I mean that's that's very tough but uh, uh, from what I was from what you guys were telling me that, that it's it's a shoe in victory for BYU as they're avenging all their football losses yes so, exactly. Uh, <laughs> It sounds like it's a, we don't even have to show up. It's it's a it's a win. Chalk it up in the W column. <laughs> we hope. I wish it were that easy. So far, it's uh it's on. It's it's so been far. game for game. Let's so. continue the football revenge tour. Thank you, men's basketball. And Mark, thank you for joining us on a Monday to recap a nice win at West Virginia. Have a great call against the Sooners. Hey, I love you guys. We'll see you uh, Saturday. Sounds good. Mark Durant with us on BYU Sports Nation, BYU basketball radio analyst, and. A Cougar Iron Man, if you will. Which, by the way, uh, only Baylor and BYU won as favorites on Saturday. Five of the seven winners were underdogs. That it's, is this conference. It's so fun. It's so fun. Women's Hoops going to try and be an underdog and win as well. Coming up Wednesday against Baylor, who's number 13 in the country. 9 Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. Nearly came back and beat West Virginia on Saturday. Up next, incredible horse shots. Big 12 student section traditions that The Rock should consider. And locker room karaoke. All that and more on the way in the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hey, for the latest and greatest, follow BYU Sports Nation on social, Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's roll out your Monday headlines. Number 22, men's basketball. Maybe they'll move up here in a couple hours. Who knows? Beat West Virginia 86-73 on the road in Morgantown on Saturday thanks to a season-high 24 points from Foos, who started in the place of Ali Khalifa, who didn't travel with the team due to illness, undetermined whether he'll play at Oklahoma. Dallin Hall had a career-high 12 assists and only one turnover. They're still booing him. Boo! BYU improves. To 16 and 5 overall, 4 and 4 in the Big 12 with the win. Cougars are number 7 in the net, number 9 in Kenpa. Up next, at number 22, Oklahoma, likely to fall out of the top 25 tomorrow night. BYU women's basketball rallies late, but falls short in a 76 69 loss to 23rd ranked West Virginia at the Marriott Center on Saturday. BYU trailed by 14 at halftime, cut the Mountaineers' lead to 4 in the second half, but couldn't. Climb the mountain all the way, no pun intended. Yeah. West Virginia forced why, 23. Why not intend it? it? It wasn't intended. Just intended. It was just incidental. I think you should intend it. Okay, I'll try and be more <laughs> Be more aware. intentional. I'll be more aware and intentional. Intentional. <laughs> Turnovers are a stat that continue to haunt BYU. Yeah. 23 on Saturday. It led to 29 Mountaineer points. BYU star forward Lauren Gustin led BYU with another double-double. 16 points, 14 rebounds. Ho-hum, doing her thing. BYU falls to 12 and 11 overall, overall, 2 and 8 in the Big 12. Up next, 13th ranked Baylor at the Marriott Center on Wednesday. Luckily, it eased it up. Oh eased it up. Oh, wait. BYU alums Connor Mance and Clayton Young finished first and second in the U.S. Olympic trials in the marathon, qualifying for the Summer Games in Paris. Fantastic. 
Well done by those two. Super nice that Dilji and Ed are going to fund our trip to Paris so that we can cover I that. I cannot adequate. wait. That is so nice of them. To eat what they just call <laughs> bread. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be amazing to be in Paris to watch Jimmer. Paris. Runners. BYU Gymnastics. Work your KSL connection, bro. I'll, I'll do my best. BYU Gymnastics in a match called by Jerem Jordan. Scored a season high 196.475 in their home opener against West Virginia. Highlighted by Sophie Dudley and Sydney Benson scoring yeah. nine nines on the floor. Awesome. Great finish. Mina Margraf had a 9.875 on beam. Lindsay Hunter-Kempler and Anna Bramlitz, 9.875s on the bars. Kylie Aquinto with a 9.825 on the vault. Great scores all around. Easily their best meet of the year. Up next for BYU is a road match at one of the powerhouses in all of sport, Oklahoma Gymnastics on Friday. It's the fewest amount of words in the two-hour span I've spoken since I was one years old. Mikkel Merkley does an amazing She's job. She's amazing. She she's a play-by-play -play and analyst on that. <laughs> Men's tennis sweeps Montana State seven nothing second consecutive home sweep. You're now three and three on the year. Up next, doubleheader at UC Riverside on Friday. Women's tennis beat Utah State five two on Saturday for their fourth straight win to begin the season. The win marks the first four and zero start for the Cougars since 2021. When the team opened the season 5-0 up next, road match at Utah on Friday. Underrated team, BYU women's tennis. Men and women's divers competed over the weekend at the Air Force Diving Invitational. Alexia Jackson highlighted the weekend. Two event wins, broke her own school record again in the platform event. And women's golf opening their spring season today at the FAU Paradise Invitational in Boca Raton, Florida. Boca Raton sounds magical in February, doesn't it? It was magical in December of indeed 2020. It, indeed it was. Yeah. <laughs> Those are today's headlines. Now we whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. More impressive shot. Richie Saunders banked in three to be the shot clock with Trevor Nails and one three. Both are good for any game of horse in hoops for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with the bank shot from Richie Saunders. Fading away, my wife will vouch for me. We're watching this game uh, in Denver of all places. And when he shot it, like it was barely out of his hand. I was just like, this bank. And then it happened. She's like, oh my gosh, how did you know? And I'm like, ah, lucky, just like that shot. It was a fadeaway, dude. <laughs> yes, Trevor Nell's done this before. We've seen it. Um, so I'm not as impressed because I know he's capable. He can do it. He can do Richie it. Saunders, fadeaway, shot clock, banking straight away. That's hard, man. Yeah, Trevin's celebration was the better of the two for sure on the end. Well, that, that was great. His body kind of like, you, yeah, just it all was, that emotion. It was like a muscle spasm. Yes, yes, that's a good way to explain it. Like, what's going on right now? You all right, he, bro? Is he okay? You okay? Oh, good stuff. West Virginia student section apparently picks an opposing player randomly each game to boo throughout the entire contest. And for BYU, they picked Dallin Hall. I, like three minutes into the game, I'm like, why are they booing Dallin Hall every time he touches the ball? Did he like say something to the student section before the game? No, it's just random selection. I didn't even notice, honestly, <laughs> which is funny. Do you like that student section tradition? I'm shocked Utah State hasn't picked up on this quicker, but that's really funny. I think it's hilarious. That's really funny. It would never fly at BYU like I think the, that uh, the administration would probably shoot that down but I love it I think it is absolutely hilarious okay I'll let you know who we're booing on Saturday <laughs> BYU basketball posted these photos after the West Virginia game with the caption what song are we singing wrong answers only I assume they were singing uh, you know country road but um, so what song are they singing Spence yeah it has to be country road right because but West Virginia does that after wins and yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know, there's some there's some fun nature in that. Uh, I think swag surfing. I'm all about the swag surfing, man. Let's go. I think they were singing the song that my great, 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 great grandpa, Joel <laughs> Hills Johnson wrote, high on a mountaintop. <laughs> nice. To nice. play into the mountain thing. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Well played. ESPN's Matt Miller released an updated two-round NFL mock draft following the Reese's Senior Bowl. He had Kingsley Suamatia going in the second round hey. to the Dallas Cowboys, but has Kingsley, interestingly enough, listed as a guard, saying, quote, Suamataia is an easy-moving, aggressive blocker who has experience at left tackle. He took snaps at right tackle and guard at the Senior Bowl and handled himself quite well working inside, end quote. Okay, so with that in mind, Jerem, should Kingsley follow the footsteps of Brady Christensen and transition to playing guard in the NFL? Whatever it takes. The guards in the NFL typically are tackles who are converted guards, just so you keep the just massive uh, O-lines there. So we'll see. But my question for you is better guard right now, Kingsley Suamati or Dallin Hall? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm rolling with Dallin right now. <laughs> Just for what he means to this BYU team. Yeah, Holy cow. How many more wins will women's hoops have in the back nine? Uh, I guess it's eight probably, right? Because they played 10 games. Yes. Of the Big 12 schedule than they had in the front part of the schedule. Yeah, so they're you're, like, like you said, they're two and eight right now. They were two and seven in the front nine. I expect BYU to be three and six mm. in the back nine. So th I think they'll win three of the final Five and eight games overall. Total. Yeah, like that's kind of what I feel like they're pacing for. They're, mm. they're good enough to win more than that. They've been in a number of games, haven't been able to close them out. Yeah. Maybe they figure some things out. It's just taking them a little while longer compared to the yeah. men's side. But they're starting a this true is, freshman backcourt. Yeah, men's aren't, aren't doing that. Um, the men have the experience. This isn't the year for the women's team. This is a growth year. This is a, a, a learn year. It's it's too bad it's Lauren Gustin's senior year. Yeah. Right? But again, Nani Falatea leaving the team midseason has really affected this that team. That hurts. It hurts. It really affected the team. They're learning. They're growing. They're getting better. They're challenging Kansas State and West Virginia. They'll challenge Baylor on Wednesday. But next year, uh, like when Delaney Gibbs shows up, who's like sure. one of the best players in Canada and others, it's going to be fun, man. 5-13 and 13 might not be good enough for them to finish higher than they were projected, which is 11th place. They probably need six wins, but who knows? I'm not worried about this year. The next two years as the, that freshman backcourt and company yeah. grow, it's going to be fun to watch. BYU now has officially three athletes who will compete in the Paris Olympics in 2024 after Connor Mance and Clayton Young finished 1-2 and punched their tickets on Saturday. They will join Jimmer Fredette, who will compete for Team USA in three-on-three -three basketball. They call it 3X3. 3X3. And he refers to it as yes. that. 3X3. I didn't know that. 3X3. 3X3. Let's join the uh, crowd. We're on it, man. It's official now. 3X3. How many more former BYU athletes do you expect to compete for Team USA in Paris? Okay, first off, for Canada, Rory Linkletter. Could oh, yeah, he could. he could. Other USA people. Uh, Courtney Wayman could uh, go distance running. Anna Camp Bennett, Whitney Orton, Zach McWhorter in pole vault. Um, Dallin Schertz has been top five the last couple of years in discus. Also, uh, Taylor Sander, perhaps in Maybe beach, beach volleyball. volleyball. So we'll see. There are a bunch of cooks. I'm probably missing somebody. But um, Taylor Sander could be in there as well. So we'll I've see. had a few people ask me, like, does BYU have representation for traditional volleyball in the 6-on-6 six six format? No. No, not right now. No one's in the USA camps at a high level. It was pretty wild there for a while. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, Taylor, Brandon, yes. Ben Patch. Even now, our boy uh, Jake... Uh, Langlois. Langlois. It was, yeah. Yep. He was, was on some world nation with that league. team for yeah. sure. It's been a minute. Yeah. Be nice to get one of those guys back in the mix, and it'll happen eventually. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm like probably three or four more at least. There could be a couple. How about track and field, cross country, repping? 
Listen, that's that's the that's the program that's can we just get, winning national titles of producing. Can we just get enough there. so that we can make history on this program and do our first international live broadcast from Paris? Although we did have someone, Spence, <laughs> during the summer convince us that we did a show from Disneyland. And we were like, no, we've never done one from Disneyland. He's like, no, I have pictures. We're like, I we promise you we have not. Isn't there a Disneyland in Paris? <laughs> <laughs> I think there is. <laughs> Maybe we should we should do international and actually do a broadcast. And this guy's probably like, no, it was in Paris. I promise. <laughs> Thursday night, eight thirty Eastern on BYU TV. We could not convince him that it did not happen. <laughs> no, no, you did. Uh, it, no, I don't think so. Uh, I heard the Matterhorn going. I know. <laughs> We were splashed on Splash Mountain, I swear. <laughs> Thursday, 8.30 Eastern. Well, you play, paid for an expensive Charles Spencer, I, I remember. Yes, I think they're like six bucks now. Totally worth it. Are they only six dollars? I think, yeah, No only. way, yeah. no I'm way, I'm looking sure. that up. It's five or six bucks. I don't believe you. Yes. I don't believe you. I <laughs> believe BYU going 11 and seven only. more than a churro when you can, We can buy 20 churros at the grocery store for less than six dollars. <laughs> After the break, more of your Monday mailbag questions. Where's our churro? There's nothing. <laughs> this is BYU Sports. Wait, are they 550? 550. What? Okay, come on. Stay with us. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, indeed. It is February 5th. I am Spencer Linton alongside a man who at one point in his life thought maybe he could just be like Connor Mance or Clayton Young, Jerem Jordan. You know what? I ran uh, cross country in high school, but no, I was not like these guys. Uh, <laughs> congratulations to Connor Mance and Clayton Young, former BYU Cougs, uh, who qualified for the Olympics Amazing. in the uh, marathon. They finished well done. one and two. Well done, gentlemen. Are you kidding me? Amazing. It is amazing what they did. Four years ago, this is our wannabe Olympic This is our music. Olympic music. I like it. Yes. I like it. Uh, four years ago, Young, by the way, in the Olympic trials, took 136. He took second on Saturday. Which, by the way, Young could have taken first, too. He kind of let Connor win. Yes. Yeah. Um, Mance now the, in my opinion, the second most accomplished distance runner in BYU history. Probably was before that. But Behind sure. only his coach? Uh, his coach, yeah. Who won three natties and ran in two Olympics. Can we just talk Connor about what Ed Eyestone has done recently? And now going in one training these incredible men in the marathon like it's one thing for two guys to qualify right but to go one two and that's, they're gonna be running in Paris yeah that's pretty cool so we know that these two are going to Paris we know essentially that Jimmer is going to Paris more on the other kooks who could make it Ooh. later in the program there's more than you think Ed Eyestone, what are you doing, man? Let's get you on the program. Which, by the way, Dilji Taylor and Ed Eyestone are not only the BYU coaches, they coach individuals professionally. Yes. That have recently graduated, and they're doing a great job. Can you blame those athletes for wanting their coaches to remain with them? <laughs> no. Little, little supplement to that BYU check. Let's go. This is unbelievable. Well done. Well done, gentlemen. All rise and shout. Let's get to a loaded edition of What's Trending. Dallin Hall bounces low to Foose, hammers it, that's how you score it! And lobs to Richie Saunders, three at the buzzer, banks yeah. it! Are you forced to make Nell yes. foul on the three! Yeah. A four-point play chance! 
Uh, Richie Saunders has opened a few bank accounts in Morgantown, West Virginia. He has great credit. He has great credit. (laughs) Yes, he does. What's trending? Sponsored by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU wins a tough game on the road. Any road win in the Big 12 is a great road win, given how tough it is to win in this conference away from home. They beat West Virginia 86-73. They cover due the Cougars. They're 4-4 now in Big 12 play. Jeremy, as you look back on this game on Saturday afternoon, why and how did BYU win so convincingly? Uh, first off, best quad three road win in BYU history. Uh, it's a quad three, so it's like, oh, don't lose that one. But West Virginia had not lost a home Big 12 game. They had beaten Kansas and Texas on that floor. How about that? BYU did what the Jayhawks and Longhorns could not do. Horns inverted indeed. BYU answered the call. Um, shot the ball really well. This was Foose's best game as a Cougar. I know he's had better stats before. Pepperdine, he had what, like a 25-19 and 19 last year? Hey, hey, the no-looker. I love it. But this was a great team win, played tremendous defense. Foose was the real MVP for sure. Jesse Edwards is legit. I told you earlier last week, this guy is long, athletic, and going to be a problem. And he was a problem, but not for Foose on the offensive end, right? Unbelievable. Foose got everywhere he wanted, and they refused to double him because they thought, oh, Jesse Edwards has got it down there. No, he did not. Foose was tremendous in this game and uh, had to be because guess what? No, Ali Khalifa did not travel, and so Foos had to have a big game. If Foos doesn't have this kind of game, I'm not sure BYU wins. 100%. BYU answered the runs really well. They played tremendous defense. Trevin Nell's, uh, you know, almost four-point play, the end one. The Richie Saunders banked three that you saw a moment ago. Was he a is huge the Y factor, the Richie Saunders. Dallin Hall, of course, 12 assists, one turnover. Are you kidding me? Uh, arguably his best game as a Cougar as well. Big-time win to go out West Virginia. And get a dub. Yes. You've got, you, had, you needed to win this game. You needed to win this game. This is one of the more winnable games, but it's still a very tough game. And I hate that it's quad three because it felt like a quad two. It sets BYU up for something maybe all BYU fans were not expecting. We'll get to that in just a moment. You mentioned Dallin Hall. To me, in Big 12 play, and frankly for much of the season, Dallin Hall has been the understated MVP of this team. Why and how does BYU win so convincingly in West Virginia? 12 assists, one turnover, eight points. Uh, You want to talk about a floor general? And I've mentioned a number of times on Twitter, like, he's so important to BYU's offense. He makes the offense go. There's no other point guard. He is the engine that gets that whole thing going and and gets BYU to all of the space they have on the floor. I, I know that Ali Khalifa also has been an integral part of BYU's offense being so efficient, but Dallin Hall is the engine. He's the MVP. And I, I know that he had some tough turnovers in early games in Big 12 play. What, whatever. Like, that, he's the point guard. That's going to happen at times. But he, too, has a learning curve. And, like, man, the curve has just taken a steep incline upward for Dallin Hall over the past five or six games. He's been so good. 12 assists. And he, he just doesn't seem phased. Like, even when things are not going well, it's like, just put the ball in Dallin's hands. Like, when West Virginia made that run late, who scored? And it was an and one. It was Dallin Hall. He got to the rim. He got a couple of layups late in this game. And, man, he can dish the ball super well. So I love what Dallin Hall is doing to get this BYU offense going and, frankly, get guys in the right positions on defense. He's the true floor general. Amazing performance by him. I, I, I think I'm with you. Like, 
What's better than 12 assists and one turnover? Like I know, I know he's had 20, 20 plus Mary's points. last right. year was pretty good, but like in this game, he had to do something like that. No Waterman uh, sick, by the way. Like zero points, 0 of 1. Didn't, didn't have it, right? No Ali Khalifa, no Waterman. You were essentially down two starters. I know Noah played, but essentially down two starters, and you get a 13-point road win? Isn't depth nice? Wow. Isn't true depth nice? Like, put on your scuba gear for this BYU uh, <laughs> basketball team because we're going deep, man. It, just really impressed by the way BYU's performed. I continue to say it. BYU is growing as a program and a team. Like, they're learning and adapting to the Big 12 much quicker yes. than I thought they would. And it's awesome because once they get to the Big 12 tournament and NCAA tournament play, guess what? They're going to be weathered in a way that they never have been. Like, oh, we, we've seen – we've played at Kansas. we played Houston. we played a million of these kind of games. Why is this one any different? Yes. They're going to be prepared for that moment way more. I love all of those words, conditioned, weathered, battle-tested – mature like BYU will be all of that they yeah. in many ways they already are those things because they have grown together they've been through some really really tough things together and it's eight games Spence <laughs> we still have 10 more bro I know <laughs> I know <laughs> which brings us to topic two now the BYU is four and four in Big 12 play how have your expectations changed for the rest of Big 12 play I'm right on pace with where I think BYU should be uh, I I am riding with nine wins if BYU gets more than nine conference wins Elite, but nine and nine. And again, a few weeks ago, it's such a fickle beast. People are like, after BYU lost and went to two and four, like, how are you feeling about your nine win projection now, Spencer? Should we revisit this conversation? Let's. Let's do it. Let's revisit. Four and four. I'm riding with nine, man. And if BYU can do better than that, and frankly, the schedule shapes up percentage-wise, if you look at the Ken Pomeroy Index and the ESPN Basketball Power Index, BYU is projected to go 11 and 7. Maybe you take my 9 and 9 and you look at the metrics 11 and 7, you meet in the middle and, and you go 10 and 8. 11 and 7 but would be awesome. Anything 500 or above would be incredible. Lock BYU in as a five seed in Salt Lake City if they're 9 and 9 in the regular season. Playing St. Mary's. Come on. Uh, at, worst, at worst, yeah. a six seed. But I'm, I'm riding with nine wins. BYU should, frankly, should win three of the next five games. They will be heavy favorites in four of the next five. They should win at least three of those. I'm giving them room for a potential hiccup. Maybe somebody's sick. You know, heaven forbid there's an injury, but uh, they should win. They had both in one on Saturday. I know, and they still figured out a way to win by 13 away from home. So if BYU 7-6 and coming out of the next five games before they – you know, getting nearer to that that Kansas trip with Kansas State and Kansas back-to-back, yep. they're in great shape. How has it shifted your expectations now that BYU's won two games in a row over Texas and West Virginia? I certainly think a record above 500 is more possible than I thought a couple games ago because uh, BYU has answered the call after going 0-2 and 2-4 and and to start league. They've gone in sets of two, right? It'd be nice to win tomorrow and get a three-game win streak for the first time in Big 12 play. Avoid the three-game losing streak, and you're in business. But butter your bread now, as you mentioned. At Oklahoma, four and five, Toss up eighth. Game. Kansas State, four and five, eighth. Win that at home. That's a quad three, by BYU the way. You should win that Saturday. game at home. Okay. Should Kansas State is on the slide, bro. Yep. UCF, win that game at home, four and five and eighth. At Oklahoma State, worst team in the league. Got to win that. Granted, they play better at home. Baylor, that's a toss up. If you win that one, that's nice. They're tied for second. That would be a tremendous win. At Kansas State, go win that one. And then it's at Kansas. Just go compete and see what happens. TCU at home, that would be a nice win if you get that one. For sure. At Iowa State, that one Gulp. is 
That, that's the second toughest game at Kansas toughest at Iowa State. They are so good. They, uh, they beat a lot of teams at ranked teams at home. And then Oklahoma State at home finished on a high. So there are five or six or seven wins sitting there if BYU continues to play well. Things can happen. Things can change quickly. It's tough. You get on a little bit of a streak, good or bad. But, yeah, it feels like BYU is going to sit in that 8-10, 10-8 sure. spot. But, look, if BYU wins tomorrow, beats Kansas State, beats UCF, wins at Oklahoma State, and suddenly has a, a big win streak going, and they get to eight wins in league, it, we'll not be talking about whether they're making the tournament. We'll be talking about what seed they are yeah. and whether it's a 4, 5, or 6 feels like. I would just like BYU to experience being above 500 in this conference at one time this first season. It happen tomorrow night, bro. It could happen, it could tomorrow, happen tomorrow night. At Oklahoma, which is a tough game as well. For sure. And, and I, But maybe it's next week against UCF. It could be. With BYU if coming you, to home for two yes. against two teams, they'll be, again, by the metrics, heavily favored in. So even if BYU loses to Oklahoma tomorrow, whatever, come home, win two at home, and now you're 6-5, and five and you are above 500. If BYU avoids a three-game losing streak, I believe they will be a seven-seed or higher. Oh, I think it'll be, like, a, I think it'll like, be a six-seed like or better. At, at least, you'll be the favored team in a matchup in the first round. It'd be nice to be, obviously, a four or five, because you can have a favorable first-round game and then a toss-up second-round game. If you're a six, now you're winning against an 11, you're playing a three. If you're a seven, you're playing a 10, you're playing a two. You want to be a four or five. BYU has that chance right now. They are deep enough. They are skilled enough. And uh, right now, the belief is there. The confidence is there. The metrics, if you're wondering, as of Monday morning, right now, BYU still number seven in the net. Oh, it's the lowest of the year. <laughs> it's because it's they played um, you know, a, a team, the lowest net team in the league sure. in West Virginia. And number nine in the Ken Palm Index. Number 21 and 22 in the human polls, as I am referring to them uh, the, by. Okay, the the human voter polls, not the computer metrics. Polanities. <laughs> and BYU only had one game last week after the bye. Maybe the bye factored into this huge. We were asking how and why did BYU win so convincingly. Certainly, they benefited from some rest. They did not look rusty, which I appreciated for sure. Yeah. Yeah, at all. I wondered. I was like, oh, are they going to come out a little flat? No. They looked pretty good from the get. They missed some threes early, but like... Why do I associate West Virginia with rust? <laughs> like, <laughs> didn't happen, luckily. I do like the movie October Sky. Do you anticipate the BYU will jump up considerably or maybe no. one or two spots this week? Or do you kind of one expect or, them to maintain? One or two. Yeah. I, what I, were they, 21? 21 and 22. So I kind of expect 19, them 19 or 20. Yeah. Okay. Nothing big. The point is BYU remains in the top 25 yeah. rankings because they top 10 all this won on Saturday. Top 25. Let's go. If they lose at Oklahoma. Hey, just come home, win on Saturday. Beat Kansas State on Saturday. Yeah. You remain in the top 25. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Big 12 Roundup. What a weekend of Big 12 conference play, beginning with the marquee matchup of the conference to date. Yep. Number four, Houston, at number eight, Kansas. Boring. And, oh, man, the Jayhawks. It was so boring. They utilized that home court advantage to the fullest. Fog Allen was absolutely crazy. They went big, 78-65. Houston, they were overwhelmed. They did not play well. They didn't yeah. shoot well. Kansas, very much the opposite. They looked like the Jayhawks squad that we expect them to be each and every year. It took a quick 23 to 11 lead. Never looked back. Both teams now six and three in Big 12 play. Kansas back in action tonight in the Sunflower State Showdown yep. at Kansas State. Okay, Baylor Iowa State. This one was the craziest game of the Big 12 play. Um, 
conference oh season so far. Oh my goodness. Baylor led by as many as 17. That's the thing that, hey, BYU closed out the 17 point lead, by the way, I should mention Ayo. that. Iowa State went on a 20 to nothing run. There were three techs. Scott Drew got ejected for twice being past the coach's mark on the court. What? Baylor able to retake the lead. Jaden Nunn layup with two seconds left. Missed the free throw. Clock starts early. They review it. Iowa State gets a free timeout. They didn't have one. Milan Momchilovic banked in a three at the buzzer. They review it. No good. Ball is in his hand. Amazing. Five and three for both in league so far. That was a crazy finish. Here it is. Momchilovic Again. for the win. Oh, my god. It was in his hand. Yeah, hey, hey, Caleb Loader. Weird finish to that game for sure. Ugh. Uh, but luckily, the camera angle is good. <laughs> like, I, I wear a neck brace when I watch Baylor games. What degree is that camera <laughs> shooting at? Like, I'm worried about the what? equipment falling off the platform. It's like 12 degrees. It is such Jeez. a steep angle right there. <laughs> hey, big win for sure. Weird that Scott Drew got ejected. Texas. Another big win against 25th-ranked TCU, 77-66. The Horns down t-shirt showed up again. <laughs> Longhorns apparently didn't like it. They win by 11 and beat one of their longtime rivals. A TCU falls to 5-4 and four in Big 12 play. Texas improves to 4-5. and five. Longhorns are a good team. BYU's win over Texas and the way they won, looking better and better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cincinnati takes down Texas Tech. That was an upset. Bearcats, Simas Lukosius scored 16 points, game winner with 21 seconds left, puts Cincy up. Cincy enters a midweek by four and five. Texas Tech has dropped two straight, now five and three. That that 17 point lead and loss at Texas Tech really hurts because that would have been BYU's second best win of yes. league play so far. You want to know it's unbelievable? If BYU beats Oklahoma tomorrow, they will be one game out of first place. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> There's this massive log jam at four and five, by the way. Yes. And that's why the game tomorrow is so interesting. If BYU get to five and four, holy cow. They're top five in conference. Let's go. UCF, another nice win. 74-63 over the aforementioned 23rd ranked Oklahoma. Beatable. UCF led the game start to finish. Man, they're good defensively. They are so long and athletic. Johnny Dawkins picks up his 300th career win as a head coach. Both teams there, UCF and Oklahoma, are 4-5 and five in that logjam you were just talking about, Jerem. Oklahoma State gets uh, its second win over Kansas State now, 75-72. Cowboys never trailed in the second half. 2-7 and seven in league, beat UCF, now Kansas State. Wildcats back in action tonight against uh, Kansas, as you mentioned. Oklahoma State plays tough. Yeah, they're, they're kind of a weird 2-7. and seven, You always right? got to win both of those games against the Cowboys. But it's nice that you have two against Oklahoma State. The opportunity's there. You got to go win them. Now we'll look at the updated Big 12 standings. BYU all alone. On the left side of the bracket. seventh place. Of the standings, if you will. In the top half of the conference right now. And the only team with that record, which is rare. <laughs> Everybody's tied with somebody else except yeah. for West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and BYU. This is just how much fun is this to a, watch a this game by game? Time, time's a Google. I'm watching Big 12 basketball on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and Saturday. It doesn't matter who's playing. I, it I, is so I, enjoyable. Yes, it's so fun. I, I said the BYU would be top five they went tomorrow night. It's top six. They'd be tied with TCU at five and four, but still. Not quite as close to first, but hey, I just want to be on the, the upper half. On the left side of that graphic. 100%. That's where you want to be. That You want to you be a guaranteed five seed in the NCAA tournament? Stay on the left side of that graphic right there.
You I'm not sure about guaranteed five, but conference. yeah, top seven seed, I would say, yes. All right, our Monday mailbag. You know the drill. You ask the questions. We do our best to answer them. Jeremy says I have all the answers. We'll see. We're only taking questions from farmers. So who do we have, Spence? Uh, at farmer underscore oh, okay. Good. on yeah. Instagram asks, Great. what are BYU's chances of getting a two-game road sweep tomorrow? Well, I'm going to answer with ESPN's Basketball Power Index, which says sure. just over 48%. <laughs> Pick them. <laughs> that BYU beats Oklahoma tomorrow. Ken, Ken Pomeroy has BYU as a one-point favorite yeah, on the road. Uh, yeah, it's a coin flip game for sure. Yeah, if he, that's not one I expect to win. It's not one I expect to lose yeah. either, though. If BYU can beat Oklahoma tomorrow, then that kind of feels like picking one back up where you thought maybe BYU should win. Like, that makes up for maybe the Cincinnati home loss or letting a 17-point lead against Texas Tech slip away on the Okay, you remember the Ryan Vihar graphic of, like, everybody that BYU lost to in football they've beaten in basketball? Yes. It's still good. Yes. It's still good. So what happened against Oklahoma again? BYU lost. I know. So that means tomorrow BYU's winning in Yes, Norman. yeah. Sporty McSports said basketball on a football revenge tour and had uh, the Grim Reaper. Yes, you know, you know, you know the yes. picture. The Grim Reaper yes. outside the door. <laughs> Just, so far, <laughs> through five games it's, of that, it's right. hundred percent. <laughs> Who knew we wouldn't get both wins in football, men's basketball? Just one or the other. Uh, Big game tomorrow, as we mentioned. Pre-game at seven Eastern on BYU Radio. Cougars and Oklahoma. I bet Oklahoma drops out of the top 25 after the loss to UCF. Yeah. We'll see you in the AP poll today. Up. BYU basketball radio analyst, former Cougar Mark Durant, breaks down what he thought went so well for BYU against West Virginia. And does he think the Cougars are going to go above 500 in conference play at any point the remainder of the season? This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. And how about this? BYU men's basketball wisely opting not to return home. They're in West Virginia. But they'll return tight, with honors. Tight turn they do. In Norman, Oklahoma last night. Yeah, they did a fireside for youth, which is super cool. And uh, they tweeted, yep, we're uh, thankful to, for the opportunity. We had to share our testimonies of Christ this evening. That's awesome. Cool opportunity to uh, be in a new place yeah. uh, where BYU hasn't been that often, right? First meeting since, what, 86? Amazing. Kevin Nixon, buzzer beater in the 90s, the 90s is historically yeah, yeah. there with Oklahoma as well. So in uh, Hawaii, that's awesome. Beat Oklahoma again, as Kevin Nixon tweeted yesterday. Yep. Quote tweeting that buzzer beater. Yep. I love Let's go. it. Our thanks to today's guest, Mark Durant. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. Next time. <laughs> for Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Devin Durant. We'll see you back here in Studio B tomorrow for Elder the live Durant edition to of BYU Sports Nation. It's true. Go Cougs! Where are we going to get our churros, dude? I'll, I'm ponderizing on the churros right now. <laughs> this is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. It feels like there are like 25 million questions we could answer, and we appreciate yeah. all of you that send them in. I, always. Thank like you. It, Thank we you. love the questions, so appreciate continue it. to do that yeah. as we welcome you back. Our Monday mailbag question is... How much should a churro be at Disneyland? 
Sorry. That's our question of the day. <laughs> Sorry, we don't have a question. You asked the questions in the Monday Mailbag, and Kevin Lutt yeah. asks on Instagram, yeah. assuming all are healthy, how would you guys split up the three big men's minutes for BYU basketball if you were Coach Pope now that oh. Foose is back to himself? Dude, it's hard because Foose playing the best he's ever played, question mark, after Saturday. And then uh, Ali, you got to get him healthy. You want to get Ali's knee as healthy as possible because what I fear is you get to Kansas City and the dude can only play one game. He may not be able to go back-to-back given how hard it is for his knee right now. Yes. And, and Atiki's playing with the banged-up thumb, by the way, which we have not mentioned a ton, but that is the reality. And Atiki does good stuff when he gets in there as well. Yes. So BYU is kind of like two totally different teams depending on who the primary big man is on the floor. Which is great. It makes it hard for the defense. It, it, it's, you you have Foose. to have two separate game plans yeah. depending on whether Ali or Foose is on the floor. I start Foose from now on, by the way. He's playing so well. Yes. And, and to your point, Ali is just like, like trying to get lim- limit his minutes. Workload, right? If Manage play, the workload. I'd play Foose 25 and Ali 15 right now and, and work in Atiki as yeah. there is foul trouble-ish sure. or, or moments, right? Atiki needs a couple minutes as well. He's playing well. For sure. Too. Well, BYU well needs his guys, length and athleticism yes. and his rebounding ability, like his effort. Depends what you need defensively, yeah. too. Yeah. But I, I like that. Yeah, Foose, 20 yeah. to 25 minutes, and then Ali, depending on how good he's feeling. Because Foose isn't like play 30 a game yet with that hamstring. No. Yeah, good question. And there's no Kevin space Lunt. for 30 a game. At Top Gun Brendan on X nice. asks, What's eight games room? in, how confident are we, collectively, that BYU can make a run in February to seed themselves as a top four team in the Big 12 Conference Tournament Ooh. and get a double bye? Top four would be nice. I'll take five seed, by the way, because then you play a 12 or 13. Yeah. And then you play the four. You get you get a you get one by as the five seed. Yes. Then you play a lower seed. Then you team. play the twelve or thirteen. Yes. Then take on the four. Top four. Ooh. Top four. You really you re- need to BYU would win need all to go, your home games. Yeah, BYU would need Oklahoma to go eleven and seven. You would and need to Kansas go eleven State. and seven in conference play to be a top four seed. At least. That's a lot to ask. Yeah. Four games above five hundred. Whew. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll like, take a I'll take a five right now. Four top four feels uh, too hard for just me. Just top right half finish, but yeah, you probably got to go eleven and seven to be somewhere in the top four, maybe. Which better? could happen. I don't know. Thirteen and five won the conference last year for Kansas. I don't see twelve and six happening, but eleven seven is the high end for me right now. Yeah. Okay. Top Gun Brendan, by the way, asking our elite mailback question of the day, presented by Pax Healthcare Elevated. Send those questions in. Great stuff. We appreciate the fan interaction. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Next on BYUSN, Oklahoma, where the Cougs come sweeping down the plane. BYU men's hoops in Norman tonight with a chance to move above 500 to Big 12 play. Is tonight their best chance to do so? ESPN Sean Farnham will answer that, plus his keys for BYU to beat the Sooners. And does he think BYU will finish in the top half of the Big 12? Jim Fredette joins the program to discuss BYU's depth and his game analyst debut. And Top 5 Tuesday features the best wins against Oklahoma across all sports. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, February 6th. I am Spencer Linton. He is a man whose marriage proposal was not quite as good as Raider DeMooney of BYU football. He is Jerem Jordan. Probably not. Uh, Raider DeMooney proposed to his girlfriend. Congratulations. Uh, Nasino Finau at the temple. She didn't know, which is uh, always fun, the surprise. 
Uh, I'm not sure what she thought they were going to do. Maybe I, a TikTok. Like, like, yeah, they set up for like a TikTok video. Something, and then she's like, what? <laughs> and then he barely he barely goes down and she's like, bring it in. Bring it in. Let's Look hug. Look at the glowing Provo City Center temple it's pretty in the nice. background. Too. <laughs> like the it's lighting nice. on the camera is yeah. wildly awesome. Yeah. Congratulations to Raider. That's awesome. That's well done. And it's making me think that I didn't do a good enough job in my own marriage proposal. Oh, mine wasn't, yeah, mine wasn't oh, great. That's, that's honestly one, one of the most nervous times of my entire life, for sure. Right before that happened, the heart palpitations were real. So, Raider, well done, my friend. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Good evening, Cougar basketball fans. Welcome. The Cougs are winners. The Cougs weather the storm. Said he scores it. Fuseni Traore. Oklahoma OK. Entering this week and prior to tonight's showdown in Norman with the Sooners, BYU men's basketball at 4-4 four four find themselves in the top half of the Big 12 Conference standings right at number 7. Question, will BYU finish, Jerem? with 10 games remaining in Big 12 play in the top half of the final Big 12 conference standings. Okay, so I looked at all the win percentages thus far, and many of the teams have played half the games. Not everybody, but almost everybody. And if you just flex that out, you know, what everyone's pacing for, here's what it would look like. Uh, BYU would finish, obviously, at 500, uh, 99. That'd be tied for seventh. So they'd be, you know, at that 500 mark, not above the 500 mark, but uh, that would be, you know, Debatably on the left side of the bracket, maybe the first on the right side of the sorry of the graphic as we like to call it. So that would that would give you a seven or eight seed. So this is this is what it could be, right? If you just win percentage uh, times eighteen, um, here's what it would be. I'd be totally fine with this. This would be this would be great. You'd finish tied for seventh, technically in the upper half, if you will. There and BYU would be playing Kansas State in a Wednesday play-in game of sorts, it would be a second-round game because the quarterfinals are on Thursday in Kansas City. Yeah, I'll have to look at the bracket again to, uh, yeah, to break it down. Is that what it would be? Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, I'd, I'd be happy with this. If this is what happened, if BYU continued on this pace of 500 ball in league, that means you have nine quality wins. I mean, some of those would be quad three, but you're adding uh, some real quality there. And then the losses, you hope you avoid all the quad three losses, but like just quad one and twos, you're looking, you're looking pretty, man. You're a, you're a four through seven seed somewhere, and you're good. Okay. Yeah. So, well, now that I look at the Big 12 tournament bracket, it's seeds 11 through 14 who play on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. The winners of those games obviously move into the second round. Five and then ten if come in. Seeds five through uh, nine make their debut in the second round. So BYU... 5 through 10. Yeah, okay, 5 through 10 make their debut. So if BYU was 8, they would play in the 8-9. Eight, eight, if nine they were game. 7, they'd play in the 7-10. Because there you go. The best would be a 5 or 6, because then you play one of those first last four teams, and then, uh, you know, you're playing a 3 or 4 at that point. Feels like top five's a little ambitious. Uh, if BYU could be kind of the, the sixth team, that'd be great. If they're 7 or 8, that's great too. BYU is pacing right now. Again, based on who they have left to play, win percentages, where the games happen, when they happen, they are pacing for nine wins, maybe ten. I have the over-under right now for BYU at nine and a half. Ten would get you to the sixth seed, potentially. Ten right? would certainly Ish. put you yeah. in the top half of the Big 12. In a sixth seed, you get the 11 and 14. 
uh, winner of that. So, so that'd be awesome. Really, really we're that'd asking, like, are we definitively ready to say that BYU can win at worst nine, probably ten to guarantee they can finish in the top half of the Big 12? The numbers are good. The metrics are outstanding and favor BYU heavily. Again, yeah. Ken Pomeroy is saying he's projecting BYU to go 11-7 and seven in Big 12 play and 23-8 and eight in the regular season. 11-7 and seven would be noise. But I, I'm still inclined to believe it's they're pacing for nine, maybe ten. They probably have to win a game like tonight at Oklahoma for me to start feeling like, okay, BYU can win ten games in conference. What's the, there's only been one surprise game to me. That's been the loss to Cincinnati. Everything else has been somewhat understandable, not shocking. The way BYU's played, yes, sure. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about straight result. You don't know how they won or lost. Yeah. Just Cincinnati at home was like, whoa. That, yeah, everything, that was a shocker. Everything else has been, okay. That yeah, was that a was... shocker. Beating Iowa State to me was a surprise for sure, especially the way they did it. But going into the game, I was like, I don't know. Iowa State's really good. I don't know if BYU's going to be able to do it. And they crushed Iowa State. So that, in, in some small way, offset a little bit the Cincinnati loss. But it didn't yeah. take care of it all the way. Maybe the West Virginia road win helps kind of take away the sting of the Cincinnati loss a little bit more. UCF even more. UCF, For sure. West Virginia's on, I mean, they're the second worst team in the league. It's still a good team. But, like, the UCF win is That was a great win even better. for BYU. Even better. If BYU beats Oklahoma tonight. That'd be the then, best road win then for sure. Maybe there's real movement that okay, they can win double digit games in year one of the Big Twelve, which would be incredible. Nine would be awesome. Ten plus would be absolutely incredible. Yeah. But yeah, so I I, I believe the BYU is right pacing to go nine and nine. And if that's finished tied for seventh, awesome. Then I'm technically I'm gonna call that uh yeah, you finish in the top half of the standings. You're one through seven. You didn't have a losing record in the Big Twelve. Nine and nine. Me? Like that'd be unbelievable. Ride with nine. We would have loved to have that in football. We would have loved a four and five in football. That that <laughs> means you would have had seven wins. Yes. That would have been nice. Chance at eight in the bowl game. Topic ah. two. Number twenty one BYU plays at Oklahoma tonight. I'm not sure if you heard. Is tonight BYU's best shot to get over 500 in the Big 12 this season? No, it's not. No. BYU can strangely afford a loss tonight against Oklahoma, and still it's not their best shot, in my humble opinion, to move above 500. I appreciate because, the humility. Thank because you. of what BYU has following Oklahoma. BYU has two home games, two winnable home games, two home games that they will be heavily favored in against Kansas State and UCF, and then a road game against Oklahoma State. The road game against Oklahoma State feels like a similar contest to what BYU was facing when they had to go on the road to West Virginia. Like a game that they certainly are capable of winning. It's just tough to win on the road regardless of where you're playing. Oklahoma State might have a little bit more swagger because they picked up a couple of wins recently. But they are the worst team in the league. Yes. Two and seven. But look at, look at if, this. If there's more winnability, it is definitely against Oklahoma B State. BYU West was given an 87% chance to beat Kansas State, 86% chance to beat UCF, 83% chance to win at Oklahoma State. It's super high for me, man. More of the, like, these are more 50 50 than we want to believe. Kansas State just beat Kansas at home after losing four in a row. What? Like, you can lose four in a row and beat Kansas? What in the world? I know. That's like, this conference. But like, th this is this conference. In the WCC, if we ever said anyone can beat anyone, we were liars. That's not true. Portland wasn't going to beat Gonzaga. Portland, Pacific wasn't really going to beat St. Mary's. Come on. 
But in this league, which is better, obviously, the, the, the tide is really high here. Like, all ships float high here. But it's like, Kansas has four losses. They're six and four in league. And they're one of the better teams in the league. It's just, yeah, it's just brutal. Like, people are getting after everybody every night. So, yes, I see 80s, uh, you know, with Ken Palm percentage there. But, no. That, it, like, BYU's got to bring it, even at home. But do you, agree actually BYU, win. do you agree that BYU's best chance to move above 500 is not tonight? And it's against frankly, Oklahoma by, State. By, oh, you UCF. think, you think yeah. it's beating Oklahoma yeah. State. Oh, Kansas State, UCF, Oklahoma State. Yeah, those are three winnable games for sure. Like, so I you like, could actually get two games. Before. I like BYU's chances to get to six and five, even after losing tonight in Norman, yeah. more than I'm going to put it all on like, nope, it's tonight or nothing. No, I, no, Oklahoma was just right. No, this is silly. Uh, no, Kansas State, we, we can still say has lost four or five. Granted, that win was Kansas. But uh, UCF at home, that's going to be a tough game. Kansas State. Tough game. Uh, at Oklahoma State, that is the second easiest game sitting on the schedule. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it's easier uh, than the others. BYU should be. I think they should be 7-6 and six after the Oklahoma State game. Like that, to me, that's what I'm gunning for because then it gets a little bit tougher again before you get three games in March and it's like, man, you got TCU at home. TCU is really good. Then you got to play at Iowa State. And then you finish with Oklahoma State in Provo, which – is going to be a BYU win. I'm, I'm needs to ready to take that one. If that's tonight. not a win, go. You're, you're, then, then you're in trouble. Good. You're, yeah. you're headed into the Big 12 tournament not on a good note for sure. But I, I like BYU's chances to get to 7-6. and six. So, no, tonight is not the best shot. Although, beating Oklahoma tonight, that, th- that would be a surprise. It'd be the sure. best road win of the year by far. Oklahoma's number UCF is 25 a... in Ken Palm, number 31 in net. That's, that's tremendous. This is an A-level quad yeah. one game through and through, and this is a Sooners team that's playing with some desperation. They've been inconsistent. Um, yeah, no, no doubt about it. This, this would be a massive, massive road victory. Yeah. But if BYU wins tonight, what's the rhetoric tomorrow? Now it's like, holy cow, can it's, BYU beat Kansas State can and you get go to 6-4? Can, can BYU go on like this four-game win streak in yes. conference play? And then that's your longest one in conference by far. Because once you play Baylor at home, that's a tough game. At Kansas State, tough game. At Kansas, obviously tough. TCU at home. TCU's top six good, right, in the league. At Iowa State. At Iowa State at Kansas, I, I put an L there, and I'll be surprised if – I'd like to be surprised. Those right? are death Those traps. are the most losable games. It doesn't mean BYU can't go there and win. We've seen other teams do it. I would even argue that, uh, you know, well, Iowa State and Kansas, both equally amazing at home, both top 15 teams. So let's go. Two of the best home environments in the country, let alone the Big 12. Our question of the day, BYU men's basketball at Oklahoma tonight. So is tonight BYU's best shot at moving over 500 in Big 12 play this season? Is anyone saying yes? At that show on X, answers, no. The next two games at home are go 2-1 and one over the next three, ideally 3-1 and one yeah. over the next four. I really hope and need BYU to go 3-1 and one in the next four. Yeah. If you lose tonight, beat Kansas State at home Saturday, beat UCF Tuesday, add Oklahoma State the next Saturday, go win that. And then you're two games above 500. Let's go. That's the, that's the, the way to go 500-plus is you got to get above 500 for a sec. Get your head above. Remember in The Hobbit? They're, play, they're in the spider-infested forest, and 
Bilbo finally pokes his head out of the trees and he can like breathe and he sees the mountain. He's like, oh yeah, there it is. That's like Kansas City, the Big 12 tournament. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah. Ah. Then he goes back out and he's like, ah! And then he plunges back into Big 12 play there, if you will. Let's let's breathe a little bit, get above 500 a couple games, and then uh, feel some confidence. Hey, what's a BYU Sports Nation without uh, a draw from The Hobbit? I'm from, reading from the Silmarillion right, right now. I've never read it. It is the nerdiest thing I have ever done. It is <laughs> deep waters. Jeez. <laughs> Dallin Hall's read it, so I'm trying to ask him all my questions. <laughs> Our question of the day. Again, do you think this is the best shot to get over 500? Hashtag BYUS on an X, Facebook, and I need, Instagram. I need a response that is uh, yes. If there's anybody saying yes, let's hear it. Uh, number 21 men's basketball plays at Oklahoma tonight. That's, it's a huge game. Let's go. Pre-game coverage is on the radio. 7 Eastern time tonight from Norman. Still on the way, ESPN Sean Farnham makes his triumphant return to the program. Is he a Bilbo Baggins fan? <laughs> Does he think BYU will finish in the top half of Big 12 play? And his game plan for a BYU win tonight in Norman? This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. It's signing day. We are live in Studio B. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. As promised, it's now time to welcome in for his show debut. The newest BYU quarterback, Gary Bohannon, is on the show. Gary, welcome to Studio B. What's up, Gary? Thank you guys for having me. I'm glad to be here. Hey, what a journey for you. It's taken you uh, to some of the highest highs at Baylor and then over into Tampa, Florida, and, and USF. You've played against BYU twice with two different teams, and now you're a BYU quarterback. No, no. Uh, how has your journey and, uh, been to get to BYU? What, what have the last few months been like for you? Uh, for me, the last few months have been um, my last year at USF. I set out the year, um, got injured. Um, it was just a lot of rehab, um, trying to get myself back to myself. I'm strengthening my shoulder to get it moving around good. And um, just help the guys there, help Byron, help Bryce, help Izzy, help develop those guys as much as I can to help the team in any way I could because we all knew I wasn't playing. But you also got to have a big impact off the field. So my thing was to help those guys and support everybody else in the best way I could possible. So you were Coach Bohannon yeah, for a while. Yeah, I was Coach while. Bohannon for a while, yeah. <laughs> You've been was. around long enough. You could, you could absolutely be a GA oh, right or something. But, um, <laughs> the, in 21 and 22, you play against BYU. You're not thinking at the time, hey, I'm going to play for that team. But what's it like now to be here having faced the Cougars a couple of times? Um, for me, playing against them, I always say that's one of the most physical, well-coached teams I've ever played against. Um, seeing those guys come out there, they're always ready to roll. Um, they're going to compete, and they're a physical team. So just seeing how well they are coached and how much the game means to them, it's an honor to be here because I'll, I'll cherish the game. I mean, I had to take it away from me for a year due to injury. So it's for me, being able to be back in this position and be in a place where the program means a lot. This this logo means a lot, and um, the team just they love ball. So I'm glad to be here. As far as your timeline goes, when did BYU first get onto your radar that maybe that could be a landing spot for me? Um, December when I got in the portal. Um, when I got in the portal, um, I actually know Matt Mitchell. Um, he reached out to me to talk to me a little bit about how how I was doing health wise, um, and once I told him I felt good. That was the biggest issue with everything uh, for me, just getting recruited. Here a guy, hurt his throwing shoulder. I mean, everybody worried. Um, maybe he won't be able to do this. Maybe he won't be able to do that. But I know what I went in and did each and every day. My surgeon did a great job um, each and every day just working. So once they came into my radar, 
and they want to see me throw, and they came to see me throw, and we went from there. They saw you throw, and they were good then. Oh, they were like. good then. They were yeah. like, see, okay. I told you. Yeah, okay, I'm, good. I'm good. good. So you're good for spring ball then. I'm good. I'll be rolling in spring ball. Awesome. Um, you always got Jake Retzloff coming back and some others. Um, how's that room right now after a month of kind of being here of, all right, we're going to go compete and have some fun in spring ball? I mean, we all know every position, every day, everything we do in life is a competition. So, I mean, it's a competition, but we have to find ways to develop each other and develop within ourselves. So, I mean, we're hitting it off pretty good. Um, we have some really good relationships, a lot of different personalities, um, a lot of different backgrounds. Um, but everybody's been good. Everybody's been welcoming. And, I mean, we're having fun right now. We're working. So, that's pretty much it. We're just excited to get ready to roll. That room is fun. You're bringing the flavor from a couple different schools, and you from Arkansas, and, and Jake is a, a fun cat that's been in the JC realm. He calls himself Jew. You know, he's a <laughs> yeah. unique cat, right? Um, who, who have you kind of hit it off with and, and uh, developed a relationship with so far? Um, really everybody, but I spend quite a bit of time with Ryder. Oh, nice. Ryder so I spend like, quite a bit of time with Ryder. Ryder is a real student of the game. Um, we get to talk ball. He's a young guy, so he, but he's, he's a young guy, but he's really an old guy. Um, he loves film. Loves to put in extra work, and so just being around him, and um, he's been teaching me quite a bit. Um, getting there, studying, um, studying offense with him has been really good. But he's a kid that just wants to find ways to get better. Like if you have good vibes, good energy, and you want to work, Ryder gonna be up under you. He's so. a good vibes guy. He yeah, is. he's a good vibe. I, I like good that. Vibe. Yeah, represent. Let's go. Definitely. Gary Bohannon is with us on BYU Sports Nation. At this juncture, what do you like most about how your skill set fits into Aaron Roderick's offense at BYU? Um, I would say, um, so I play for Coach Grimes. Um, it's, it's really very, 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 very similar offense. Um, I just felt like um, with the way he liked to move the pocket, um, his drop-by game, QB run game, um, the intermediate, the play-action pass game, it's all kind of complementary to what I've been doing um, for years now. And so I just feel like we both felt that it was a match. Um, there could be some really positive things going on within it um, just because I've technically done it before. Um, so this is why I do it again. And it's not only that, it's obviously you've played in the Big 12 for multiple years. And BYU had that first year, right? And, uh, you know, went 2-7. and seven. Certainly a couple of, of wins were there that BYU's hoping to get this year. They're hoping to get a revamped run game. What are you most excited about in terms of what you can bring in terms of experience in this league already? Most excited about? Let me see. To be honest with you, what I'm most excited about is just getting a chance to play again. Yeah. Um, for me, um, being back in the Big 12, been there, saw the way they play ball, um, played against it. Um, it's a unique conference. It's always wide open. And that's one thing I admire about the Big 12. There's never a front runner every single year. Mm -hmm. It changes every year. Like somebody's <laughs> different in the championship every single year. Yeah. That goes to show you um, and speak to the level of competition that's in the Big 12. It's a very competitive conference that you got to be ready to play in. You got to be physical. You got to be fast. You got to be dumb. You got to be well coached. You have to be disciplined. Like every factor matters in that conference. So. Been able to play it again. I'm just excited to be here. Excited to be able to play for this program and be able to play um, in the Big 12 again. So September 28th is that a, a date that sticks out for you at all? Maybe. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be what we got Baylor. That, uh, that would be fun. See the whole yeah. game. It'll be a good game. Yeah, it'll be a good game. We're talking with Gary Bohannon. I'm glad you're on this side this time because yeah. <laughs> last time it didn't work out for the Cougs. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Everybody loves a player comparison, and obviously quarterbacks, I mean, every football player kind of wants to emulate certain players. So who, who do you try and emulate, and, and who's your pro player comparison? Pro player comparison. I want to say two guys that I really, really enjoy watching is Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Those are two of my guys. I've been, been watching them since they came out. I love the way they play the game. Um, big physical guys, 
run the ball. They kind of just like to move the chains. Like, whatever it takes, they, they try to do it to the best of their ability. So I admire watching those guys. And, of course, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. The oh. guy's just exciting Lamar to watch, so man. Fun to I went to see him play in high school, and since then I've been following him, and big fan of that guy. You saw him in high school? Yeah. Wow. Like in person? Yeah, I wanted you're... to see uh, Louisville play Clemson. Louisville. Oh, oh right. man. Oh, right, right. So when was, you were yeah. in high school, gotcha. Yeah. Was it the game? Was it the Heisman game for Lamar? It was a, it was a crazy game. Yeah. Honestly, it was a crazy game. Oh, man, he had some spectacular yeah, moments did. in that game for he sure. Did. He did for sure. I, and, uh, d- oh, go ahead. I, was gonna say, I, I feel like people don't understand how good of a runner you are, Gary. Like, like I, I feel like this is a big part of your game, but how much do you want to run compared to what you're asked to do? Um, for me, I'm, just, I'm, a, I'm a competitor. Um, I want to do whatever it takes to win. Sometimes you may not have to run the ball. Sometimes you may have to run it 15 times a game. Like, it is what it is. We just got to get the job done. So, for me, I want to win. Whatever we got to do to win, I want to win. Do you ever get called Jerry? Do people mess up your name? Every time somebody meets me, new, somebody calls me Jerry. Calls <laughs> you Jerry? Yeah, it's every, Gary! Yeah, it's have Jerry. you heard of Parks and Rec, that TV show? Have you heard of that? I haven't. There's a character in there that they call Jerry, and then later they call Gary. They mix it up. So we're trying to tell people it's Gary. It's Gary. People mess it up. Yeah, it's Gary. Oh, I'm used to it. I mean, you're used to it. It's I'm good? used to it. It's been happening for a long time now, so I'm it's used to good. it. It's all good. It's a unique spelling, right? It is. Is that a family name or? I'm a junior. That's you're my a dad's junior. Name. That's your that's dad's a, name. That's my dad's name. Who Who are some of the? And maybe it's you know your your parents. Who are some of the top influences in in your life who have helped you not only athletically but you as a person? My dad, my mom, my sister. She's older or younger. Older. older. Obviously, she's two years older than me. Um, my little brother, um, my high school head coach, um, really quite a bit of people, but those main people and then my hometown. Um, and also, um, I have some coaches at USF, Coach Geo, head strength coach Derek, Coach Frank. Got to spend a lot of time with those guys this year, and they were here from the beginning of my journey of being injured to the end. So. For me, I built a really, really strong relationship with those guys, and those people have just been positive and inspirational. Even when times weren't that good throughout the year, they were positive for me. Those influences are, are huge, right? And most they definitely. last forever, which is awesome. Definitely. And hopefully there's some at BYU that will go oh, with you. Most definitely. Did you just finish a master's as well I at did. USF? I do have a master's. In what? Uh, actually, it's my master's of science. Um, so I got my bachelor's in health and kinesiology. I enjoy studying the body. Mm. and um, So I decided to get a master's in it. I actually got it. I would say about a year ago. Whoa! About a year ago. Yeah, about a year ago. I got it. Look at Gary. He's flexing. He's flexing yeah. right got, now. I, I love it. Fast. Master Gary? <laughs> yeah. Let's go, I man. Fast. I got it pretty uh, fast. Well, what's it like to be, I, it's a new era, right? But you, you, you have a master's degree, you have all this experience, and now you have this kind of third opportunity in college. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I don't know how it was emotionally for you, but was there a point where you thought you might not play again? Or were you like, no, I'm going to play again? I had a lot of months I thought I wouldn't play again. Mm-hmm. I was a long time. Um, I got surgery in November 3rd, 2022. Um, I really wasn't confident that I would play again until November of 2023. Wow. Was, so this right is before deal. you hopped in the portal. Big deal, right before I got in the portal. Um, talking to my mom and stuff, I was like, I don't know um, what the next year may look like for me. And um, I was able to finally get to get it together. And, and I was working, working really hard. And I finally got it together and had a few throwing sessions where I was like, okay, Let's roll. I'm just going to go out here, let it ride. And I was able to make throws that I made when I was before I got injured. And I was like, okay, mm. there's the little sunrise peaking now. The sunrise <laughs> is finally peaking. And I said, okay, I can roll now. That's when Matt, Matt let me call like the next week. I was like, okay, come see me throw. Oh, I'm good. I feel good about myself. Come see me throw. So I was excited to throw. That's awesome, man. 
Yes. Well, so you worked hard you. in the classroom. Yes, absolutely. The field, yeah. Well, clearly they liked what they saw, Gary, because you. you're here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. We're stoked to have you here. Glad um, to be here. We're looking forward to uh, working with you in the coming months. Your I'm spring ball. About and it. Can't wait for the next season. Me man. too. I'm excited about it. Thank you guys. September for 28th, yeah, everybody. Yeah. Circle that one. I wish you good luck with your schoolwork, but you don't need it. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Thank you got you. a master's, That's man. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, Thank nice you. to meet Thank you. Here. Nice to meet you guys. Hey, men's volleyball. Uh, Ten-match homestand continues. Long Island coming in. First ever meeting between these two teams. Coming in from Brooklyn tomorrow night, 9 Eastern in the Fieldhouse on BYU TV. All right, we've spoken with the new quarterback. Let's talk with the old ball coach next. Kalani Satake is in Studio B to discuss the new assignees and talk about some of those return missionaries that are back to help compete for BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Yeah, you know I'm a beast. We don't know defeat. Everybody eat. Hey, you know I'm a beast. You know I'm a beast. Welcome to the feast. My whole team off the leash. Everybody eat. Hey, you know I'm a beast. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We continue with our signing day coverage on February 7th. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. We just spoke with Gary Bohannon, the new BYU quarterback. And now we welcome in the head coach of BYU football to discuss, yes, of course, the new signees, some return missionaries. We may talk a little Big 12 BYU football schedule as well. He is Kalani Satake. Coach, welcome back to the show. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Great. I almost forget in February that there's a signing day because you signed <laughs> yeah. so many in December. But today you signed two very good players, which is exciting. Out of Oakland, where you went on your mission. Yeah, yeah, and uh, really good players. And, and uh, I think they have the versatility to do a lot of different things too. So um, I, I think, uh, you know, they can get after the pass, you know, after the passer too. So they can get after the quarterback. And I think uh, that, that'll help us out a lot. And I, I think probably more ready than, than uh, a, a lot of other incoming freshmen. But mm. Uh, we're really excited about adding those guys into our group. No question the recruiting efforts have been extended. And uh, I know your guy, Jay Hill, has has really kind of led that charge. So now to see the fruits of the efforts of Jay and the entire staff, not to mention yourself, I know you've been gone a lot. What do you think of the overall signing class now that uh, it, it's come to fruition? Well, I, I like it in, in all, all three phases. But I, I do like the fact that we're able to – Offensively, uh, we had some guys that we were able to develop, and we retained some players. You know, so I think the the guys that are returning is gonna it's gonna be really good for us. And we actually added, you guys just talked to Gary, you added Gary and some others that, that I think would provide some competition. Defensively, we needed to to get um, the the talent up there so we can get competition going. I think I think development needs competition, and when uh, guys can't feel too comfortable in their their position, their spot, we already we already see the uh, the uh, the urgency to get better and the urgency to try to win their spot. And that's going to be uh, really exciting when, when we get to spring ball, but more, more exciting when we get towards the offseason, the summer, and get to the, to the fall camp. But uh, I think competition is a big part of development, big part of our program. And in order to do that, you have to go recruit the best. And I'm, I'm proud of the guys and, and uh, the coaches, you know, everyone that, that went out there and worked really hard to get this class together. The defense has certainly been bolstered, 19 of the 26 on that side of the ball. Offensively, obviously, there were some struggles there. You've changed a couple of uh, position coaches there. Not as many players on that side of the ball, so you feel like you have the guys in the room already that are 
ready to improve this year? You didn't need to add a ton? Yeah, I, I think there's the, the disconnect on, on that side. We, we, we thought the, the offensive line was going to be a huge, um, you know, a, a huge strength for our program, not just on the offensive side, but overall. And uh, a lot of that has to do with, with uh, allowing the culture to thrive players to compete and you know we, we need to make a change uh, same thing with tight end we just felt like there was there's a change that we need to make there it's nothing against the men that, that, that were there they're good people right but the uh it's about the the product and what the expectations that we have and and actually the players that are out there i think there's a high expectation from the fans for us to get back to what we're doing and and, and having our 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 strengths become our strengths again and, and uh looking at it and reviewing it we see that we're not that far off we just need a, a few tweaks here and there and some competition but also looking at the opportunity to sign guys like like joe brown who's going to be an amazing alignment for us and uh and some development of some younger guys but also retaining guys like connor pay and 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 uh and kime to come back and help our team lead uh caleb etienne those guys are going to be amazing so uh the whole group i think is going to be fine as far in terms of uh, talent is just a matter of uh, making sure that they're all on the same page and that we're we're thriving together. You know what I mean. And so I uh, I like the addition of the players that we have. But plus, you're also looking at the guys that we have coming in as return missionaries. We we know that uh, we've retained quite a bit of talent on the you know with the receiver position and tight ends and even at running back. Even with losing Aiden, we got LJ and the rest of the group back. Um, it, it's more about. The, the incoming uh, return missionaries that we're really excited about as well. You mentioned the competition that a guy like Gary Bohannon will naturally bring to the quarterback's room to push Jake and the others. What excites you the most about what Gary could potentially do at BYU? And what's, what's the message you gave to him uh, knowing that he's going to have to come in and compete? Well, we had to defend him before. So, you know, that, that there's a, I think when you look at the, his, his strengths at being able to move and be able to create with his feet, um, his athleticism and uh, the, other, the other thing is that he's very um, familiar with our offense and so the I think this is a different one and done and I, I think we put a lot of pressure on Keaton to get to know the offense sooner, uh, you know, sooner than later and and we try to, to you know f formulate an opportunity for him to, to learn it all uh, Gary already knows this offense I mean he'll probably be humble and just say he's still going through some things but the vocabulary all those things it's the same because he was with Grimes because he was with Grimes and that's what Grimes did there and, and you know he's he's got this great connection with with A-Rod and, and with the rest of the staff I think he's going to be in a really good spot you guys have pl spent plenty of time with him just to see that that he's got great leadership and he's humble he's not he didn't come here ask uh, demanding anything he just asked for a chance to compete and and uh, you know the competition is going to be fun, fun, man. That's you, you want you want greater, great, uh, better production. You got to have better competition, and, and um, I think it's going to be exciting to watch these guys get after it. Let's talk about some of those uh, return missionaries. Receiver Cody Hagen uh, might highlight the list. This dude's a baller. Yeah, and and, and tons of speed. When you look at, it, at what he can do, um, we're excited. It seems like. In a way, the two years took forever, but um, <laughs> but you know now that it's come around, we're excited about him returning, and then also uh, we had, you know with with McKenzie coming back too. Uh, we'll we'll get um, Cody coming up back soon, and again a couple more months. But um, it's good to have uh, Dom with us right now. Is the expectation for a guy like Cody to kind of slow roll it that first fall, like give him a year to kind of get his legs under him? Well, I, I think. Or should we expect? Hey, we expect some catches. I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a role that he can have. I, I, it's always hard when you're, when you're banking on a return missionary to come and, and, and provide 
uh, game time right now. I think he's just going to be the icing on the cake. We, yeah. You look at all the guys that are returning. I mean, we even moved Tebow to tight end. So yeah, that's a great a, room. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of talent there. What we're hoping is that he will come in, uh, work with, with the time that he has. If you know anything about him, this guy's got tons of speed, tons of talent, and so many great skills that uh, it's going to be really hard to keep these guys off the field. And I think... Um, yeah, he'll 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 be really really he'll be welcomed by all the, the by the entire group, especially the quarterbacks. Let's stay with the wide receiver theme and speak about Dominic McKenzie. The McKenzie mm-hmm. brothers are now officially together at BYU. Did you watch Strange Brew growing up? Is that a, the McKenzie brothers? Is that the Canadian? Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. The, it's the McKenzie brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, uh, and I smell stuff. a poster day, bro, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With root beer. Yeah. Except was, for them, they're from St. George instead of Canada. But yeah. A yeah. little different. <laughs> Slight difference yeah. there. But it's uh, good to get the McKenzie brothers back together. Again. For sure. Yeah. 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 So do you envision Dom will stay in the wide receiver room, or is he a guy that, because I've heard he's versatile, just like Marcus, like yeah. you want to move him around potentially? Uh, Jay's tried already, and that's <laughs> and A-Rod not giving them up. And Heck yeah. I mean, you, you look at the the excitement of getting Dom and his speed and Cody and his speed. I mean, there's 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 a lot of uh, possibilities there. And, and I think the offensive, they can be really creative in helping get those guys on the field. Let's talk about the running backs, uh, Pokai and uh, Jovessa back from missions. Yeah, it's great to have uh, another Damuni on the roster. Um, Jovessa's got tons of talent. Uh, up and comes up to, to us from, from the Logan area and uh, you know, we've known him since he's a baby. It seems like so. Now that he's here, he's gonna he's gonna add to the to the room, especially with losing Aiden. But um, I think he can do some really good things for us. Pokai, uh, Pokai is, and I I know people don't like the comparisons, but he's a lot like Reno Mahe. Um, he, he can he can return. He's played a lot of receiver. He's got uh, he's got so much quickness and burst. So both these guys, I think, will will add to the team. And Hold on, I, Junior Mahe or Reno? Because those are two different versions of him. Well, I think I think uh, both. If I nice. Can, yeah, so, yeah Pokai, Pokai can play, and, and so can Jovessa, and awesome. we're really excited about the group. And I know Harvey's really excited about the overall talent in the, in the running back room. Noah Moiaki was a guy that uh, you and the staff were very excited about when he signed out of high school. He joins that tight ends room. Um, what do you like most about Noah's game, and, and what do you expect from him in these early years back from his mission? Yeah, legacy kid. You know, I played with his dad. Um, Obviously, Moyaki is known that they can play tight end. And I, what I was really impressed with was his, his uh, ability to play basketball, too. Uh, for some reason, great tight ends can play basketball, you know. And so mm. uh, seeing what he did at AF as a basketball player, the football part, I mean, he, he, he's, he's, a, he's extremely physical. Um, he can play both sides of the ball. And uh, he has soft hands. And so that that... that I think it'll, it'll match it really, really well with the, what we want to do with the tight end position here. Always good to have a Hoke, too. Nathan yeah, Hoke. yeah, it's Chris. good to have Nate here. Sisters and, on the gymnastics team, mm-hmm. super athletic. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, you know, I played with Hokester, another legacy kid, and uh, I think Nate's a little bit different body type than his dad, but uh, he has the ability to, yeah, I mean, he can, he can play end and backer. It's kind of like a, we'll see what happens in the next little bit, how much he eats if he eats more like his dad or his mom. <laughs> <laughs> What do you envision for Dallin Havea on the defensive line with Jay Hill helping him along there? Yeah, we, we always, we've done this before in the past where you can project. Um, uh, Dallin's played a lot of different positions in high school when he was at Provo. And uh, I, think, I think personally, I think he can really get big and play on the line of scrimmage. And uh, that could be a five technique or even a three technique, even inside. Um, he's extremely uh, explosive. 
has great twitch and um, great athlete. So I'm I'm really excited about him being back and watching these guys work out. And you know I've, I've been gone a lot in recruiting and everything, but seeing these guys move around, I think he's going to fit exactly what we want from the front. And O lineman Sione Hingano is the uh, last yeah one. Sione's a big time player out of Chandler. Um, we we. We knew we had something special and, and, and had to wait, obviously, for the mission. But uh, I think he's going to be really good for us to tackle and kind of gives us some a little bit of some young guys to work with, knowing that we have a, a good amount of veterans coming back in that position. All right, Kalani Satake is with us on BYU Sports Nation discussing all of the new signees and the return missionaries that are going to have an impact for BYU football in the 2024 season and beyond. Speaking of the 2024 season, you just got the Big 12 football schedule officially released. You've seen the rundown. What do you think of what you're about to face in a new look Big 12? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the conference schedule. I, I've, I've, it's hard to look at that when you when it's good to know it now. But I like I like what we're at the beginning. You know, we start at home. Um, I, I don't mind going to Wyoming in September much better than in November. <laughs> so I'll take it, you know, um, and, and you look at the games. I'm excited about the, the, the way the schedule looks. And, and uh, I think it's going to be exciting getting teams like Kansas State and Provo, uh, you know, go back to Baylor. And, and I think uh, there's going to be some guys excited about that game. There's one you know, guy excited about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We've got Arizona, you know, coming here. So Oklahoma State coming. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of cool things. I think October, end of October, UCF's going to be fun. I think even the, the ASU game is going to be fun. It just I think it worked out kind of kind of a nice way for us. I, I think the uh, it's going to be exciting when we go to Dallas. We, we'll be able to see our fans in a lot of different places too, so. Uh, I'm really excited about the overall schedule. It's just good to know it now. Before, uh, we were kind of, I think there's a lot of people wondering where it's going to, where the game's going to fit it. And, you know, I don't mind where the Utah game's at either. You don't mind? No, I, I think it's wherever. Well, I mean, I, I like that they're back on the schedule. That's, yeah. that's all I care about. And, uh, you know, we'll do you have see. a preference? Would you have liked it in the traditional final spot in the regular well, season? Well, the weird thing is, I think we have a bye before them. And I think they have and a they bye. They do too. Yeah. yeah, so I think maybe. Maybe everyone's trying to generate a bunch of excitement Two with weeks? the week off. You know, hey, I don't for know shows if the fans like this, are going to be excited good. about. It. Yeah, we, we might have to have like an alumni flag football game or something to, <laughs> to take up the bye week. But it, it's a uh, listen. The, the, the conference looks really strong, um, and and I think that uh, you know I'm familiar with that group, with that 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 university. So is Jay. So a lot of guys that are here. Uh, a lot of households are excited. It, it's good to have it back on on the schedule. And a league game. Yeah, first and, time since 2010. And good to have the. You were the, on the other side of that. Yeah, yeah. Good to have the 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 um, the conference. I think the conference is going to be stronger. And you're looking at what we're doing, and the teams that we're adding. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, uh, you know, you look at Pope. It's like basketball just got even even harder. You adding all those teams back, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun for us in football. Kalani, it's been great to talk to you. Thanks for joining us on Signing Day. We wish you the best with your emotions in the Super Bowl this weekend. Too. You're a Niners fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Andy's um, your guy. Andy? Go Chiefs. Go well, Chiefs. I, I mean, it's just kind of a messed up thing because I was texting Andy and texting uh, uh, Fred. Fred. And, but I really wish him the best. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, a, I, yeah, I'm a Niners fan since I was a, since I was a kid, you know. But, um, you know, but I don't think we can we can go wrong here. And then as a winner, you know, I'm a but Taylor, go Chiefs. I'm a Taylor Swift fan too. So <laughs> as you look at all this stuff. I think it's going to be. A, fun all together. It's just going to be going to be nice, a nice event, so we'll see what It'll happens. Be fun. BYU is representing. That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> Way to be right down the Diplomatic middle. Diplomatic approach. Nice hey, event. yeah, yeah. Well, I got to run for office someday. You never know. Kalani <laughs> for City Council in Provo in 2044. <laughs> BYU basketball with Mark Pumps tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern.
Kalani Satake's political stances will not be given during that <laughs> on the BYU TVF. Up next, what the heck went wrong for BYU men's basketball in the second half last night? They just looked a little tired. Bring them back home. This is BYU Sports Nation. Because they stood too much in the fireside? Maybe. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for some content, Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I'm Spencer. He's Jerem. How about some quick headlines today? National Signing Day for BYU Football. Clyde Stocky, the Cougars announced signing of three players this morning. Gary Bohannon officially, quarterback transfer from USF. We talked to him earlier in the program. Naki Tuakoi, four-star linebacker from Fremont, California. And Sefo Akuila, three-star linebacker from Fremont as well. Same high school. Eight return missionaries uh, discussed as well at length. Number 21, BYU men's basketball drops. Tough game at Oklahoma, 82-66. Really got away from the Cougars at the end. BYU now 4-5 and five in Big 12 play. They're 16-6 and six overall. Not time to panic, people. Bruce Traore, not enough. 21 points. Another great game for him. But again, BYU just didn't have enough in the tank. They're number 8 in the net, number 11 in the Ken Palm Index. After the loss, they're coming home to face Kansas State on Saturday. Big one. Women's Hoops host number 18 Baylor tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio and Big 12 Now on ESPN+. FYI, the team will be signing posters after the game on the concourse. Women's Golf finished 12th at the FAU Paradise Invitational in Boca Raton, Florida. Freshman MJ Berrigan leading the Cougars, shooting five over par. She finished tied for 26th individually. Those are the headlines. Now we whip it. Presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. One question, what happened in the second half against Oklahoma? BYU's got to make layups, Jerem. Oh, they missed so many layups, and perhaps that's just uh, uh, something that deals with fatigue and being on the road for a long time. They just they didn't make the little plays that they typically make. They had some defensive rotation breakdowns that haven't shown up and were atypical. And frankly, Oklahoma had a great game plan to take BYU off the three-point line. Oklahoma's thing is like not allowing teams to shoot yeah. a lot of threes and make a lot of threes, They're and they held BYU to eight. Yeah, BYU shot 40% from two. Obviously, from three was not good either. Eight of 26, three of 15 in the second half. My thing, a thousand free throws crept into this again. You had five more fouls, 13 fewer attempts from the line, 11 fewer makes. That matters, right? Especially when you're tired. Just get to the stripe, get yes. some freebies. Uh, yeah, BYU struggled to make some bunnies, didn't make some open looks from three. So yeah, that, but that's not one you were, we were banking on winning anyway. No. Disappointing to lose by 16, certainly, and not maybe compete as well as BYU had. But now, to kind of keep up with the we want to be 500-ish at the end, you need to beat Kansas State on Saturday. Re-energize, refuel at home, and a big part of that will be the Marriott Center crowd that will show Let's up. Go. This week's Her Why podcast features BYU Athletics Administrator Liz Darger. She discusses women in sports, how many opportunities there are to be involved in this day and age for women, the importance of leaving your comfort zone in order to grow. You can listen to it wherever you get your podcast. Now that the BYU football signing class is finalized, how do you feel about the overall class? Tell us next. Hashtag BYUSN to join the conversation. This is BYU Sports Nation. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get
Get caught up in the week in Cougar sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Women's basketball upset number 18, Baylor 78-66 last night. They're now 13-11 overall. 3-8 the Big 12, Lauren Gustin, 23 points, 16 boards, 22 double-doubles now on the season. Number one in the country in rebounds and double-doubles. Amari Whiting, not sure, nearly got her first triple-double in women's basketball history. 14 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds. Wow. Spencer and Kristen were on the call. It was a fun one to watch. First win over a ranked team in the Amber Whiting era. Now they're heading to the airport and flying to Cincinnati for a big one on Saturday. Next four games for BYU Women's Hoops, all winnable games. This is move time if they want to get at those standings. Number eight, BYU Men's Volleyball hosting Long Island tonight at the Smithfield House. The first of two meetings between the two schools. The other will happen on Saturday night. You can watch both matches live on BYU TV tonight at 9 Eastern. Tips it off. It's opening day for BYU softball and the Cougars begin their season in Hawaii. They'll play a doubleheader. Missouri, Kansas City's first, Ole Miss is second. We're going to hear from head coach Gordon Eakin from Hawaii in just a few minutes. On to Cougars and Pro Hoops and their weekly updates. Yoli Childs had double doubles in back-to-back -back games, averaging 17 points and 12 and a half rebounds for the Saga Ballooners in Japan. Alex Barcelo, 29 points, three rebounds for the Guk Gipozkoa in Spain. Of course it is. Elijah Bryant, 15 points, had six rebounds for Anadolu Efes in Turkey in the EuroLeague, and Zach Saez scored 12 points for the Würzburg Baskets in Germany. Nice, nicely done. Thank you. Former BYU pitcher Michael Rucker traded from the Cubs to the Phillies this week. As a middle reliever, he went 5-2 with a 4.96 ERA, one save in 96 games with Chicago. He joins Bryce Harper and the world champions. Now there's two Latter-day Saint baseball players in the same locker room. I don't know we've had that for a long, long time. <laughs> and we texted back and forth this week, and I said, I said, Ruck, uh, the only time the McCanns will be cheering for the Phillies is when you're pitching and when Harper is hitting. And he said those are, those are stipulations he could look Okay, at. he can work with that. Those are today's headlines. <laughs> now we whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. I'll start us off. Actually, Dave, you start us off. Does last night's win over 18th ranked Baylor change the expectations for women's hoops for the remainder of the season? It certainly helps them build some confidence before they go on a road swing that begins at Cincinnati, then at UCF, then BYU's home to host Kansas and TCU. These are all bottom half teams in the Big 12. BYU can win three of the next four. Man, that would be huge to help them gain some confidence going into the Big 12 tournament. And certainly, they wouldn't be finishing lower than where they were picked to finish in the preseason projections of number 11. I like Gustin in the rematch against Kansas in that 6-6 center. Let's go, let's go. All right, ESPN's John Gassaway has an NCAA tournament bubble tracker with locks, should be in, and work to do categories. He has BYU in the should be in category at the moment. How many more wins does BYU men's basketball need to get or earn to be in the lock for the tournament category? They're getting close. Still that number eight net ranking today is a, is a great indicator. I think home wins over Kansas State and UCF okay. and Baylor. Those are three of their next four games. Defend the home floor against those three and you are locked in. BYU needs eight conference wins, so four more, and I think they're an absolute lock. You know, eight and 10 might not be a five or six seed, but it would lock them into the tournament. They're close for sure. College basketball analytics guru, Evan Mayakawa, ranked the most impactful transfers in college basketball this season. BYU's Ali Khalifa, number 10 on that list. How important is it for the Cougars to keep Khalifa healthy the remainder of the season. Well, I think we saw what happens when Ali Khalifa is not available and a team has time to kind of 
get used to BYU playing with Foose over two games and develop a game plan. And that's what Oklahoma did. They they kind of figured out how to slow down BYU from the three-point line. Ali Khalifa really is the key, along with Dallin Hall, to opening up all the space for BYU shooters on the floor. Foose is a weapon for sure, but he, he has a totally different skill set than Khalifa. So they need Ali if they want to continue to shoot this high percentage barrage of three-pointers because of the space that his passing capability brings to BYU's whole approach. So, I mean, we want to quantify how important it is. I think it's the difference between probably one or two more wins this season if he's not on the floor. Could be those shooters need to be able to shoot and cut to the basket and the, the middle's open when Khalifa's out there at the top of the key. And then when Foose is in, they have an inside game. Yeah. And uh, the emergence of his health might mean a little bit more than Khalifa at this point. He's been dominating the last couple of games. And two different game plans for two different big men when you face BYU for sure. That's a boost for BYU. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.